Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. It's been a while. I apologize. Things have been busy. Things have been busy. Um, I interviewed Ireland McBrady, and uh, we talk about how he's been crushing the age group series in his age group and how he crushed Big Bear this past weekend. But before we get to that, I got two new iTunes reviews, and I'm going to read them. And anybody who leaves a review, I will read it. So this one is from H underscore Lamlin. It says, older guy learning a lot. Five stars. Hey, Scott, just wanted to stop by and say great podcast, man. Truly truly informative and definitely entertaining. Haven't laughed this hard in a long time. Would be great if you had some older guests for us 55 plus age Spartans to tell us how to stay motivated, their planning, their training plans, and how they tackle these obstacles that seem made for 20 to 30 year olds. Peace. It's interesting you said that because I have an idea for an upcoming podcast that I might be able to answer this. So the next one is from UIUC Wonger, and I think this guy's on the uh, Discord channel that we're all into. If you haven't heard about this, you need to join the Discord channel. It's like an old school online chat engine, and we've got all these different, you know, categories, you know, Spartan Race, Savage Race, Tough Mudder. You know, off-topic stuff. We've even got a Hunter McIntyre fan club, so it's pretty cool. I don't know the website off the top of my head and just send me a private message and I'll send you an invite to it if you're interested in going on there. A lot of people on there. I think all the OCR podcast hosts are on there. So it's really cool and informative too. You learn a lot of stuff about upcoming races and changes in the rules and stuff. It's pretty cool. I enjoy it. So this uh, interview is a review. Thanks for the age group focus. Five stars. Great podcast, Scott. I really enjoy the different perspectives from the top age group athletes, particularly since I'm training to be more competitive in my own OCR game. I can relate well to your interviews, training regimens, successes, and failures at races. These podcasts help me to stay motivated through the long season. I dig your casual conversations with genuinely passionate and good people. Keep up the good work and see you in West Virginia. Heck yeah, man. I'm getting ready for West Virginia. But anyway, like I said, if you send me, uh, if you give me a review on iTunes, I'll read it on the next podcast or whenever you decide to leave a review. You can tell me how good you like the show or tell me how bad you think the show is. It don't matter. I'll read it either way. But uh, here goes the uh, interview with uh, Ireland. Hope you enjoy it. Ireland McBrady. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Scott? Pretty good, man. So, uh, man, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us, man. But uh, before we get started, man, why don't you like tell us like where you're from, man, and what you do for a living? Okay. Um, I, was, I was born in Washington. 
I um, think I moved to the East Coast uh, for my, my parents' work when I was like in fourth grade, going to fifth grade, but we ended up just being there about a year, came back to Washington. After that, ended up here in Pierce County. I live in Puyallup um, and was either in Puyallup or some part here of Pierce County here in Western Washington since then, since I was 11. So we have us 31 years. I've been here in uh, Pierce County, Western Washington um, for a living. What pays the bills is um, I supervise in a distribution center and a food warehouse for the Fred Meyer and QSV stores that are here in the Northwest in Alaska and um, married, um, got one daughter, she's 12, um, and so the work keeps me going um, 50 hours a week. Um, oh, wow. One of the one of the blessings, uh, sometimes there's more than 50 hours, but one of the blessings with the position that I've had for about 13 years as a supervisor, I got one-hour lunches right across the street, and it's like five to seven minutes from my work, um, is a gym. Um, so usually what I do, cause I'm trying to get like, kind of like 10 normal size workouts. And then I have one big, like two plus hour sort of Spartan B simulation work. So I'm going for like 11 workouts a week, wow. but I get up early enough so I can work out, work out number one before work. Then I take my lunch, I hustle over there. I can probably get like 40 minutes of productivity in order to get back on time. So, um, so that's one of the benefits um, that I have um, in this position. Um, I like to squeeze that stuff in because, you know, instead of married, have a daughter, they deserve time and attention. So oh, yeah. I don't want to have every day I get off work be like, oh, okay, I'm going to get home two hours from now. I got to stop by the gym so I can just go straight home. Yeah, I think when when I messaged you about doing the interview, you said you had a three-hour workout plan, and I was like, damn. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's my once a week. Um, I guess I guess it's that's my staple. Uh, maybe I could call it the, the Spartan Ireland because that's that's my thing. That's um, that's like so it's kind of like a, a Spartan simulation. Um, I used to do when I was trying to train myself for distance. Um, I used to do you know long outdoor runs, and I was building up my mileage um, in two years in a row. With because I had the ambition in fifteen doing my first ultra beast and I had never gone, you know, I'd never ran a marathon, never gone that distance. I'm like, man, I'm going to go over a marathon plus the obstacles. I I wanted to build up to that. Um, but I got a significant it band problem on one knee. Um, once I got over 20 miles and then, so I had to back off. Turned out I survived my ultra beast in 2015. Um, and then was trying to build up to it again in 16. I had, made like a record for myself my i did a a 20 miler i think at like a 657 pace it was the first time i'd ever done 20 miles all of it under a seven uh seven minute mile pace well, that's a sick um, pace thought too. i was on track i went for a 22 miler i got it my other side got an it band issue that year it was so bad i couldn't actually limp my way back to my car um so I had to download Uber and get a ride to my car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that sucked. Um, I remember but, when so I, I did my first. I did my first that? ultra. I did my first ultra, and on the second loop, both of my IT bands started bothering me for the whole second loop. And all I wanted to do was just do uphills because the downhills were just killing me. It, yeah, it yeah. It, um, 
yeah, that that's yeah, it gets really it, it can get really bad, especially with downhill. Um, I was walking yeah, backwards. After that, some. <laughs> after after 2016, I said, okay, I got to do something different, and, you know. And so this probably was like a year and a half after my wife had suggested something. So she was, why don't you instead of just doing that straight running, why don't you you know break it up and do it like your events are? So being a being a, a dummy husband after a year and a half and a couple injuries, and it's like, hey, I've got this great idea. Hmm. I should take my workout. You know, I should break up some of this monotony of the continuous impact and high impact of, of pounding out the miles. Um, so now I do that in the gym. So I'll go um, one exercise, one fast mile. One exercise, one fast mile. And I'll do that till I go through 12. Oh, wow. Um, so I treat it like the volume of running a Spartan Beast. And that's your three-hour workout that you're talking about? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pre- actually pretty close to two hours. I'm like two hours. I think I was like just at 2.12 yesterday for the workout. But, yeah, you know, I got the warm-up. Um, I got cool-down and stretches afterwards. Right. Um, so, so yeah, what, it, really, it takes a big chunk once a week. So what kind of exercise are you doing in between these one-mile runs? Uh, so I try to target things that I can do in the gym that are going to translate to um, some of the stuff we'll do on the course. So one of my exercises will be just hard stair climber for five minutes straight and go do my mile. Then um, another one that I'll do is just five minutes, a max incline hill run. Whether It's it's really kind of a jog speed, but it's whatever that is, 15 degrees for the max incline you can set. Um, So I'll do that. Another thing I'll do is I like to take go to the, the lap pull-down station yeah. and use the use the handle that, well, it's, it's a rope with two knobs on it. Yeah. So uh, I'm down towards the ground and I'm pulling it straight down to myself like it was a hercoise. Right. So I'll go for, you know, whatever, like 25 reps of that. Um, and I'm treating the whole thing, you know, like I've got the stopwatch going. It's race the clock. So I'm trying to minimize any resting I'm allowing myself but just get those 25 reps knocked out hop back on the treadmill, set up my miles as fast as I can, and, and go again. Um, and then another thing I like to do is um, you just, like, pull up our hangs mm-hmm. for the, the hang and grip obstacles. Um, another thing that I do, which I also do a lot in my high-volume forearm workout, is I'll grab the 75-pound dumbbell, carry it in front of myself, um, both hands on it like it's uh, like a bucket. A bucket. Oh, and then cool I'll do a couple, yeah, a couple laps around the gym, um, uh, so things like that. Do you get a lot of weird looks in the gym when you're doing this workout? Um, <laughs> uh, not a lot. I have had some people <laughs> like, like I had a guy like st- stop me. I'm doing the, the loops with the, you think treating that dumbbell like a bucket. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what, exactly, what exactly are you practicing? And, and I said, oh, I Spartan. She's like, well, I thought, I thought that's what it was. Cause he's a, he said, I've done one. And I was like, I didn't think like anybody else would be doing that kind of really, unless they were <laughs> practicing for that. That's why I was wondering. Um, but, um, yeah, but you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm not really looking out for the weird looks though. Right. That sounds like a really cool workout though. I might try something like that. So let's, let's back up a little bit, Ireland and, and tell us, okay. man, like, how did you get into OCR, man? Tell us about going to your first one. I, I saw your, your first race on athletics was in 2012. So you've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so in, um, that's a good question. So in December of 2011, 
I had never heard of this. Um, I actually rarely even used my Facebook except here and there to like message a friend. Now I'm a little more active with social media, but back then I, you know, like I just used like, Oh, I want to send a message to so-and-so. So I was on Facebook with, I was trying to like click on a friend on the right side of my page in some pop-up ad just whoop, just opened up. Um, so just without even thinking, I just reached the cursor over to the X. I'm closing up whatever this thing is that's open, but the video is shrinking, and it was a promo video for Spartan, and as it's disappearing, I'm like, my eyes are getting drawn into it. I'm like, wait mm. a minute, what's happening in there? Like, I just saw something that looked really cool, and I gotta, I'm like, i got to find that. Where, where'd that go? So I brought it back up started watching their promo videos that time they had like i think it was like a rocky voiceover um hmm. like the inspirational speech right <laughs> uh, so so i'm um, so i watch this video i find their website um and i'm like man you know this looks really cool um, i'm like hey lynn you know talk to my wife hey you know check this thing out this looks cool i want to try this and um so she sees a little video with me and um and she's like yeah i think you have fun with that so then i looked up racing like so where do i find a race and i'm like what the only thing they have in washington is a sprint because in my mind i mean i did track a, a couple of years um in eighth and ninth grade and i see the name sprint i'm like what's a sprint 100 yards <laughs> um so, so um but but then I, I figure out you know what the spartan definition is and i'm like well that's the only one in washington i'm like okay that's cool um turns out it was june 16th um, I think, and, and that's her, her birthday. So I'm like, wait, is that, is that going to be cool? And she's like, yeah, you know, you know, go for it. Um, so, um, Oh, it sounds so like you have a cool one. wife already. What's that? It sounds like you have a cool wife already. <laughs> uh, I, I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I shot out of my league. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so, so that, so that was the first one. So that was, and that's the only one actually that I ever did, um, open, um, so I signed up for that. I was excited. Like six nights a week, I was working on my training. Like I got to do something, you know, to get ready for this. Um, I was doing, you know, I was running one milers, but I was working on building up my speed on the one milers, um, just hitting the weights. And, um, and then my, my dad and my brother, I told them about it and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that with you. So we went there. It was June in Washougal, Washington. We do the event. They both come out of it. They're like, all right, that's it. <laughs> One and done. And uh -huh. I'm like, I'm, I find the table where they're like, Hey, you're selling discount, you know, races for, want to register for next year. I'm like, I'm paying right now. I'm going next year. Um, and then after that, I, I kept getting on the website and read about it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. There's open. And then there's elite. Well, I want to do that. I want to see, you know, how I can stack up. I want to compete against the, the best guys. So I changed right. my race registration and, um, and did the elite that year. That's awesome, man. Let me ask you, did you make your first spear throw or did you fail it? I made my first spear throw. Hey, that's pretty yes. impressive. Mine yeah, turned sideways been, and hit it like the broad side of a barn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, speaking of the spear, now I thought I was some kind of a natural with the spear. Um, I was keeping tabs in, in those first couple few years. I was like, I'd made 14 out of 16. And I don't have a background of spear throwing. I back then I didn't have a target in my backyard. Now I do. Right. Um, but um, so I was I was you know getting it fairly consistently. Um, and then I think it was like the beginning of 2017. Um, I'm 
I was uh, doing the first event of the year in January in SoCal. It was super flat at Lake Elsinore. That was the event that they introduced the 400-pound tire flip, and that was the event where they introduced the twister. Um, I got both of those. I missed the um, Elite Masters podium. I was 40 that year, but I missed it by, I got fourth place in the Super. Oh, man. The next day, I'm having this great battle with Kevin Gelati, who I think at the time, like, I had beat him sometimes, but he and I were like half and half. Um, So I'm battling with Kevin, and he burpees the tire, and I get it, and I'm in second place. I go up to spear throw. I miss it. And in that one missed spear throw, I went from being in second Elite Masters to I think I finished sixth, at least sixth. It might have even been seventh. They just oh, those next four guys just whizzed past me, and that was it. Don't you hate that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, this happened to a lot of us. Um, and then that and that became my year of bad spear throws, and I ended up just was so inconsistent i missed um I, so i got a spear i'm like that sucks i mean i just lost a free race i lost a plaque i lost money yeah because of because my darn spear throw so i got a spear and started practicing and i and i kept being inconsistent that year um till um, i had a little redemption right at the end i um i coined for the elite competition elite uh world championship um in seattle in september oh sweet and yeah, yeah. So that was, in fact, I wasn't even going to go to Tahoe because it was an expensive trip to get back down there. Right. Um, but then I got that, and speaking of how awesome my wife is, so I got the coin and I sent her the picture. I said, you know what this means? And told her about it. And right away she just says, well, you have to go now. Um, so um, so I set awesome. that up. Um, and then, um, and that, w- that was the year they had the extra long one with all the extra long grip obstacles two spear throws and yeah. I did the ultra the next day and I made all six of my spear throws that weekend. So I felt like I kind of redeemed my year on spear throwing. That's awesome. And then the next year they got rid of masters podiums. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do you yeah, feel, how do you feel about that? And, and how do you feel about where Spartans taking this age group division and where the future's going? Where do you feel like it's How do you feel about it? Um, so I have, um, I guess I have a, l- a little bit of mix of feelings because, um, I mean, there's things I want, but I want to be considerate of everybody else, too. So as a guy that was that's in his 40s, and my game improved in the year 2018, um, and I think I had like Yeah, you 14, killed it last year. Um, I think I had 14 um, age group podiums, and nine of those were first place. And and so I looked at, you know, how that, you know, how that compared to when we were elite masters. I'm like, if we were still elite masters, I mean, that was a difference of like 2,200 bucks and nine free races for me. If it would have been the old system. (laughs) I'm like, you know, man, I missed out on a lot. Um, So I, of course, I really enjoyed that aspect when I, after I turned 40, that competing for that. Um, But, you know, then I got to take a step back and say, to be fair, though, um, I mean, that was, you know, there's, there's only one age group that they set out and then, you know, and then everybody else was, was kind of on that same boat of you can either win elite or you can win nothing. Um, so I, I think that it's cool that there's, if, if you want to, um, you know, challenge yourself in that bracket, you know, that each age group does have a chance, you know, to, to fight for that podium. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so that, so I think that's a, a good thing, you know, for a lot of racers. And then considering now it's 10 age groups, three spots, two genders, you got 60 awards at each race. I understand that they're not going to hand out 60 plaques, 60 oh, yeah, races, yeah, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, ha- I'm, I mean, I'm happy they're doing it. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, it, it, it is kind of suck because a lot of the, you know, races, other race brands and even your local five K's still award for, you know, a master's division. But mm-hmm. to me, my beef is, is I think they're letting too many people, you know, there's too many people running competitive. Like, there's too many heats. You know, it's too many people to watch and referee, you know, correctly. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know, I kind of like the way how Savage does it. You know, they have that one big heat that goes out, and they referee that one heat. And I just feel like if Spartan maybe, you know, you had your had like maybe two big heats, you know, and pretty much still have an elite heat, but just award age groups in that heat, except for, you know, the top three, you know, top three are exempt from age group awards, you know, kind of like they do at a local 5k. Yeah. You know, I I think that, um, but I think that the, for all of us, because when they started age, they introduced age group last year, um, so most right. of us, of course, there's always newcomers, but most of us, we had kind of gotten to know each other in that pack in elite. And we all really liked that. We all liked com- competing yes. to do the, in the, with the best and to see, you know, where I stack up, you know, sometimes you got yourself, um, I mean, a lot of times to win elite masters, you were top 10 or near top 10, mm-hmm. you know, to get that, you know, I mean, I had, you know, I think my best ever was eight in elites, but I had, you know, 11th place out of all the men, um, you know, combined, and then, you know, first in the Masters. But we all kind of got to know each other. Eventually, you figured out who else in the group was actually over 40 and was competing for that. Um, So so there was a little bit of, uh, you know, familiarity and camaraderie already. Um, And then we went into, you know, age group last year. um, And it's it's really been fun. Um, the, The group of guys that I'm competing with are, they're just a blast. They really do embody that competition and camaraderie at the same time. They're going to try to beat you. Um, they're not going to give anything for free, but they're going to celebrate your victory. They're not going to be, you know, jealous, not going to be bitter. They're not going to wish you cramped or had a bad day. They're just, oh, yeah. they, they want to beat you competitively. Um, so we have a lot of fun, you know, connecting with each other and celebrating each other, even though we're all trying to go for that number one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, the age group, I mean, it's turned into, you know, you know, what elite was. To me, it's turned into what elite was before because I was really broken hearted when they announced that they were were going to start these age group heats because here I was thinking I'm going to give it a try, you know, some races and then do some races elite because just I have, you know, you got so close to everybody that run elite, you know, because if you ran a lot of Spartan races, you saw a lot of the same people at all the races, man. And I don't know how many people, you know, that you would exchange with during the race that you'd be like, Hey man, how are you doing? It was just fun. You know, it just felt like you're out there running with a bunch of friends. And I just felt like when they opened the age group, it kind of, divided it whereas like i still have a bunch of friends that run elite and i still ha- and now i have a bunch of friends that run age groups so but i mean 
I ran age group all last year except for a few ultras and maybe a couple of sprints and I mean and of course I sticked with age group this year just simply because the pass was cheaper and I thought that was cool of Spartan to do that too mm-hmm. yeah I think I think a lot of us kind of wish that, that they like you said you know because there's other places that they do that they still have the competitive wave that honors the you know the the master's division which it, it is hard to keep going, you know, at the extremes that we're doing, um, I mean, it can get more challenging. You can get more injuries along the way. They can take longer to recover from. Yeah. Um, so, I, th- I mean, I think a lot of us, certainly if they, if there was ever like a, well, we're going to have the age group thing going for people that don't feel like they're at the level that they want to put themselves in elite, but we're going to honor the elite, the masters in, in elite division if they did that. Every one of the, the best, you know, 40-somethings, that oh, yeah. everybody would just hop right back into elite. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it makes sense you know. then not to do that if they're going to have age group division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm having yeah, a blast in the yeah, age group it division. Would, it would kill that pool, yeah. You're going to get that pool of competitiveness one place or the other. Either we're going to all gravitate to the elite or with no elite masters, we're all going to go to the age group and we're you know, most of us and, and we're having a blast doing it that, oh, yeah. that's for sure yeah yeah I've, um, I've become really close with a lot of the people that run age group but and then you have like a negative side so it works out great for the men but on the women's side you know the women are doing a lot of women are, are leaning more towards age group than elite and so you'll go to some races and they might not even have 10 women in the elite pack and if there's not 10 women in the elite pack at least 10 they won't do payouts they'll just get i think they just get a plaque and no check Mm -hmm. because that happened in uh south florida i think there was only like seven girls that run the sprint the second day but i mean there was tons of women you know that were doing the age group thing so so it's got pros and cons, definitely on the women's side too. And then you'll have a lot of um, heats where there might not be but three women in the age group too. So, I mean, it's good for them because they're going to get on the podium if they finish the race. But I just think that it takes away from the elite competition in the women's pack. Yeah, I guess that's something I hadn't uh, really really followed or uh, you know recognized. But I mean, as the sport's growing, I mean. It can't do nothing but just get bigger and better, and I think we're going to start seeing these age group heats and the elite heats are going to start selling out super fast just because I think the sport's growing in a whole, you know, not just in Spartan, but, man, it just seems like these age group heats are getting bigger and bigger every race you go to, especially, like, the championship races. Yeah, and and you look at uh, the men in the 40s, um, um, when we... You know, uh, a couple of the races I've been at uh, recently, I know just like Montana and then again at Big Bear where I see those totals on the results. Yeah. And there's like over 700-something um, age group competitors that have finished, and there's like 114 of them are just men in my five-year age group. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, a, it's 20, a, like an old man sport, like 30 to yeah. – 30 to 50 is like the whole age group division, just about. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's the majority. I think the biggest age groups is like 30 through 39 and then 40 through 49. Those four age groups are like the biggest ones. 
And I mean, and, and I think it's because, you know, a lot of kids that are in their 20s, you know, they're going to college, you know, it's kind of hard for them to focus on like a sport like this when they're still in school trying to get out and get a house and start a life and all. All of us people that are like 30 and up, we've already been there and done that and we're looking for an adventure because we've been doing you know, nothing but trying to get a life started for so long. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. That's kind of the way I'm seeing it. So, um, Ireland, tell me about, uh, like last year you killed, uh, you know, you killed your age group and how did you end up doing in the, in the overall points last year? You were pretty high up there too, weren't you? Uh, yeah, that was actually, that was quite a blessing and something I, I didn't even, I didn't even have a plan to shoot for that when I started the year right. um, till the way things started clicking for me in the U.S. National Championship Series. So um, I actually, um, if you pull up, uh, you know, 2018 Age Group World Series, I'm, I was ranked number one in the world last year. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, I was the overall points leader for the U.S. National Championship Series. I had two firsts, two seconds, and I took fourth in Big Bear. Um, Big Bear kicked my butt last year. Um, I was thinking, because I had always been good at like the power hiking and the climbs, and I was like, yeah. oh, heck yeah, bring on the hills. And then I got <laughs> there and did Big Bear for the first time last year, and my legs were jelly. They were just garbage. Um, I, I could barely even walk towards the end, and I had um, one of my top competitors, Mark Neely, and he and I did a lot of the race together, and I got a little lead on some downhills. So we're towards the end, and I'm, I know I'm in fourth position, and he's in fifth. And just having him be right there was kind of like the only thing that gave me, like, the mental push to make my, my legs, which were basically just dead. Like I, but I'm like, I, I can't give up now. I'm, I'm yeah. almost there and just, just pushed enough just to, to finish it out in fourth. Um, but um, So that was uh, the U.S. National where I, I did miss the podium. Um, I won the North American Regional in West Virginia. Right. Um, oh, really? So wow. That, that was awesome. That was that was really exciting for me. And that was my first time racing Jeff Boonhauer. Um, but my second time racing him was in Tahoe, and he got the best of me um, by a good margin, and I took fifth in Tahoe. That's pretty awesome for Tahoe. So, um, so tell me how... Because I know I read your post in the Spartan Age Group um, on Facebook. How did mm-hmm. you prepare? And you talked about how Big Bear crushed you last year, and and this year, and you kind of wrote a story on how you know things went this year. How did you prepare for Big Bear this year? Since from coming from last year and coming from the injury that you had when you went to Sparta. So, um, so. I guess in retrospect, maybe there was um, a little bit of like a blessing in disguise with the injury from Sparta. Um, it did ruin my overall performance because that was a, a cumulative um, time for the trifecta. And I actually I had gotten fifth in the super, second in the sprint in Sparta, and then I was basically dead last in the beast. I had to walk the whole thing out. So, so what um, happened? What was the injury that happened there? Um, so coming off of the first two races, my left IT band was tightening up and I could, I could feel it. And so I did a lot of stretching, a lot of foam rolling, uh, some dynamic warmups. I felt fine at the start line. We went through this, um, 
ancient Greece olive grove. We were on grass, so everything was good. We crested a little hill, and my very first stride on, we hit some, like, cobblestone. And it's just a short stretch of hard stuff where you're going to hit dirt again, and we're going to run through rivers. And um, But as soon as we, we hit that uh, cobblestone, my IT band hurt. It tightened up fast, and my my tempo went way down. Um so at first, you know, like you talked about, you know, with the uphills and the downhills, at first I was out there kind of hanging on. I was counting people past me. I was like 10th. I was 12th. Yeah. I was jogging up the hills. Um, and then um, and it just got worse and worse to where all I could do was walk. Um, and so for most of that day, me walking it out for six hours, I was thinking, you know, it was just the, my problem is the IT band. That's what's hurting me, and that's why I can't move. Um hmm. But the real, the significant injury, I didn't even come to grips until I'd come out of the dirt and we're going to run in town in Sparta again. And as soon as the bottoms of my feet touched the asphalt, I just about cried. Um, it hurt so bad. Oh, wow. And so I finished it out. Um, but uh, what came of that was uh, far worse than an IT van, which you leave it alone for a week and you're probably okay. Um, but... Um, I was, it was either bruised bone, I did get x-rays, nothing was broken that would show up, but things that don't show up is either a stress fracture or bruised bone right. in both of my feet. Um, so that was the injury, and now kind of the blessing in disguise, it forced me off of running for 10 weeks, and I did a couple test the waters things, yeah. and it, I didn't have sharp pain, but I'm like, you know what, I jogged a mile, and it was slow, and it was one, and I feel like I feel a little something. And I don't want to ruin my year, so I'm going to leave it alone. So I had this 10 weeks of not running, and I knew how had things had gone for me, you know, even like in Tahoe, that I couldn't climb the mountain with mountain goat legs like John Clark did, um, who won and beat me by 15 minutes. So, um, so I'm like, you know what, I can't do impact. I don't want to risk hurting my feet, but I know I need to start working on my stair climbing. I'm just going to get going on that. So, um, so that was something I started real early on in the rehab was building up towards a 30-minute stair climber workout and then increasing my tempo. So I'm going for it as hard as I can um, handle on that stair climber, which works muscles um, that you just don't get from flat running. Right. So I've been doing that consistently through the year, um, and then it wasn't until I think mid mid-January that I started at like one mile workout and then the next week okay everything's fine it doesn't hurt two mile workout the next week okay now I'm going to do three miles um so I started building the mileage back up started adding the, the tempo and like well let me try this and besides doing a cardiovascular am I going to feel anything it's going to hurt like it shouldn't hurt tomorrow um because you know there's some fear that comes into play oh, yeah. um when you get that injury and you're like I want to improve my performance, but I don't want to you set want to myself get hurt up again, two more yeah. months and hurt something. So, um, so I was going through those, that those increases with caution, um, and then I started thinking, well, you know, besides the stair climber, there's also there's some of the hills that are the runnable portions. So I started working on um, just my max incline hill jogs. So I'm going, you know, four maybe five miles an hour, but just hold it for 20 minutes uphill the whole time again, to kind of to work the muscle group differently that's going to apply to runnable hills. Right. So I, I think that those things, I started feeling, um, 
uh, started feeling like it was paying off in the beast in Montana. Um, so I, I won that, and now Jeff Boomhauer's there again, and, and I haven't raced him since um, since he beat me in Tahoe because he's an East Coast guy, so he doesn't hit a lot of the same races that I hit. Right. Um, so he was there. Now, I think he had an off week because he had to baby his ankle after, I think it was the New Jersey event. Right. Um, so he quite possibly could have done you know better maybe even a week later. Um, however, he still did well. He was still second place overall. Um, but in that event, um, I just felt like I had more command of the, the inclines, um, in, in that I I felt like my rhythm that I had learned to, to tempo different speeds on stair climbing, I felt like that was paying off the same way that I started kind of counting between run steps and walk steps on stair climbing. I just started using that counting routine and that method in which kind of identified for me how hard is this hill and how hard can I push it in Montana. So, um, so I would say that that, um, that had to be a difference maker for me this time around, um, facing so much climbing in big bear. Yeah. So I saw you placed first in Montana on both days, the beast and the sprint. Tell us about your race at big bear, man. Cause you playing kicked its butt. And then I think like second place was maybe seven minutes off of you there, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was about six. Yeah, uh, Les Callan. Um, yeah, and, and that was amazing. You know, he's that, been that was a great race for Les too. Yeah, yeah, he's been good, and he's been. I really got acquainted with him right in the beginning, um, like at Vegas, uh, my first race of the year in t- 2018. Um, but you know, he was competitive in a, in a good fighter and a fast racer. Through 18, he was age group podium sometimes. Sometimes he was missing it. Um, but um, I yeah. think he's better this year. And he didn't podium in any of the U.S. national championships last year. He did get some podiums in the other events. But so for Big Bear, which we know is the worst, the hardest of all the U.S. nationals, and then he gets that second place. And I think he be third by like another five minutes yeah yeah i was um, looking at so they, he, they, he the a, times a, the times were not you know very you know close or and there wasn't any photo finishes I, I didn't see in i don't think the top five but yeah less that was a good race for less i just barely i think i barely outrun him i think i was like i don't know maybe eighth or ninth at jacksonville and he was right behind me and i figured he must have failed his spear or something because in alabama like he passed me in like the last mile, I think, and he he had so much more gas in the tank than I did. I think when he ran by me, I said something like, "Man, I've been waiting on you," because <laughs> I just knew he was coming. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's uh, uh my observation is he's just he's just getting better this year. He's he's taken wherever he was last year, and he's building on it. Yeah. Um. So so that's exciting, and it was exciting to see, and in the way that he came through. You know, he powered through to the end, but once he got there, he just went and laid laid up on the ground and then just curled into like a little fetal position. I just <laughs> opened a um, a fit aid. Um, I'm like, hey man, I haven't even drank from this yet. I'm like, get this in you. I'll go get a different one. <laughs> um, but um, so that was awesome. And then um, speaking of Big Bear, um, and he asked about you know kind of how it was for me. But um, speaking of awesome finishes, though, I've, I've got to bring this up because I just it was everything I wanted to see when I found out that the last obstacle was barbed wire I'm like oh that could make for some awesome finishes 
Yeah. And so there, there I am, I finished. Then Les comes across, and I'm like, okay, who's coming in third? Who's coming in third? Cole comes across, he wins his age group, and he's in the next one up, 45, 49. So hey, that's pretty like, impressive okay, for Cole, because he's like Florida boy, man. I'm happy for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, flat, yeah, that's what I say. It's not, when, you know, he's number one. I'm like, yeah, it's not bad, you know, for a flatlander. Man, Cole's a cool um, dude. Yeah, yeah, Cole, Cole's been great to get to know. Um, so we're watching, the, we're watching, we can see over there by the multi-rig, and here comes Caesar Figueroa. He's he's jogging over to the uh, multi-rig, and I'm like, well, that makes sense. Caesar's a beast, you know, so we're like, here he comes. He's going to be third place. And then we're watching Caesar, and he's rolling under the barbed wire, and then Damir, um, and he's yelling, and I think it was, it sounded like a battle cry, but I think it was actually pain from a cramp. <laughs> so Damir comes charging, and he's yelling, he's like, ah! And, um, <laughs> And he's and he's not he's not rolling, but he's doing like this crawl and slide, and he comes flying out the the barbed wire. Like Caesar's at the last two strands. When we finally realize there's Damir, and he flies out, and he um he ends up with the third place podium by two seconds. Oh my gosh! Um, and I'm like, dude, that was <laughs> that just made my day. I uh, that was, that cool was just the optimist finish. Um, he's like, man, I didn't even know that that was for the third place spot. I just wanted to get it over with. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, and a um, lot of times that's how it works out, you know. You come across the finish line, you're like, I don't know what position I was in, you know, because you don't know who, you know, because they start two age groups together a lot of times, and you don't know who's who a lot of times. So, Well, that was my experience in um, last year after the uh, World Championship. I did the Ultra the next day, um, and so I'm towards the end of the second lap. It's where we're going to have the last time we're going to go back up, and then we're going to drop back down. And I was, like, at that point in time, I was, like, I wasn't even in the mood to eat food, even though I knew I'm, like, I'm freaking hungry. Yeah. I, I'm thirsty. I'm, like, I just want to stop moving. And that was pushing me, and I just kept, like, power hiking and jogging up that last hill. And I was thinking, I just want to be done. I just want to get I have no idea where I am. I don't know if I'm, like, the top ten, but I just want to finish. And uh, then I came across that line, and it turned out that I was third in the age group. So I actually podiumed for the first time that I've ever done on an ultra. That's awesome. Um, Especially at Tahoe. Didn't know where I, That's epic. Yeah, didn't know, didn't know where I was. Um, and then the, another thing that made that so cool, of the podium that I shared with a friend of mine who had been fighting in the 40s age group, but he was like kept just being outside podium um, and was getting a little discouraged. And he went out there and took first. Um Oh, so he got up. He got up there for the gold for his ultra. So it was his first podium, I think, of the year. And then, it, and I'm third, but so I got to share a podium with him and podium pictures, and um, so that was just that was cool all around. Yeah, man, that's always awesome uh, when you can get on a podium and you got some friends there just to share that moment. That's just yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and celebrate, you know, what they just did, and um, for sure. Um, so yeah, coming into Big Bear. Um, so we get down there, you know, I, I got there in time for the open house, get there, take a look at the layout course, go and practice the spear. Um, and, um, and then I'm looking at the map and the elevation gain that we're supposed to, we're going to get and where we're going to get. So you can see, okay, shoot mile one, that's the first thousand feet. And then we knew we were going to get about two thirds of the elevation gain in the first half. And, and it was going to be more gradual after like mile six. Um, so, I mean, I, I get. I think I kind of tend to just always have a. I'm just going to fight for my spot. I'm going to go out there and hit it hard to begin with, and then I'm going to try to hang on to it. Um, but and then looking at that, um, looking at the course 
in feeling some encouragement from how Montana had gone, I was like, okay, you know, this is, um, I see we got huge climbs here, you know, obviously I I don't want to do the push beyond red line, you know, and have like one good mile and suffer for it on the other 11. Um, but I thought I'm going to hit this hill as hard as I know I can sustain. I'm going to hit that with whatever hundred percent effort is, um, in, because there's going to be separation was my kind of my guess. Um, there's going to be some separation in this 3,500 feet of climbing we're going to do early on. And, and I want to push for that now right away. Right. And if I'm in a good spot, then I can, I'm not going to battle to hang on to it. Cause I think when it gets gradual at mile six, I think I'm going to be able to, you know, move at a better tempo cause I'm not using the same muscles the same way. Um, so, so that's, um, what I was thinking going into it. Um, so we get going, you know, that starts for everybody that wasn't there, the start is uphill. So the, uh, you know, the kind of the typical sprint out the gate thing didn't look the same as it does at most races. Um, but we're all jogging and it turns that corner and then boom, all of a sudden it's, it went from a jog portion to work mountain climbing. Um, and I was probably hitting that hill. You know, some guys did fire off a little bit heavier right in the beginning, um, once you get some experience on the course, you're like, you know, I know how I work. I know how I feel. I'm not going to stress somebody's 10-second lead in the beginning. Yeah, get caught in the um, moment. So, so, yeah, so I was fourth or fifth going into the hill and just found a rhythm for the, the hiking. You know, and if, if you hit a part, you can run a little bit, fine, run a little bit. If you have to go into power hike, you know, um, do that, you know, whatever it is so you can keep it going um, instead of, push hard and then stop. Um, but you know, look for something you can sustain. So just started grinding out that hill. Um, pretty soon I found myself in, uh, first place. Um, we get quite a ways into it and I do the little peek over the shoulder. And I'm like, of course that figures, you know, the guy that's on my heels, the guy that's the closest, that's Dustin. Um, uh, Dustin's a beast. He's been, yeah, he is. Um, and, and he's, I, we've only raced together three times this year, but he's beat me three out of three. Um, so, you know, I, I knew, you know, that could totally happen today. That could be what be the result is he outraces me. I don't know, but I'm going to fight for it. Um, so he's on my heels. We do that little downhill jump, but it's not very long. We turn it right back up to finish up the thousand foot gain. Um, he hasn't passed me yet, but still he's really close. And then we shot downhill. I know pretty, pretty soon we, we did a big downhill to end up at sandbag. He didn't pass me a sandbag, and then we do, like, another climb and another downhill. And on that downhill, I heard him, and I felt him catch me. Um, and then we, we did the um, the low crawl. And he actually passed me to get to the low crawl. So once we, we turn that corner, we can stand back up out of it. And it went right into the steep spot that was so steep. I'm like, you know, a bear crawl here is just as good as a power hike. Yeah. So I kind of just hit a real hard frantic bear crawl for like 10 seconds and got myself back into like, I'm, I don't know, three or four steps ahead of him. Like just so I'm not trailing, you know, from behind as, right. I, as I work that hill. Um, and, and then, uh, so we, and then we kind of stayed with each other through that. Um, then I, I remember the, um, but I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, man, you know, I don't know if I can make enough on these climbs to outdo what he's doing going downhill. Um, and so once we did the, um, did ascent to Olympus and pipe layer, 
I come out, I'm like, am I gaining anything? And I'm up, up the hill a little bit, so I look back, and like, Dustin's right there. I'm like, man, I just got to push this as hard as I can and, you know, see how it goes. Because I'm, the way he's running today, and, and knowing how good his results are, you know, all year, I'm like, if we're neck and neck, I don't know if I can keep up with him when we drop down into festival. Yeah, um, he's good. So yeah, he, he's, he's pretty fast, especially when he's on some ground he can open up on. He's mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. Yeah, he is. In fact, in Alabama, so that was my first, Alabama was my first race back from recovery. Um, and I didn't even know it because he shot out and I just couldn't keep up with him. I'm like, my speed isn't here yet. I, I can't yeah. run what he's running. I didn't see him in the spear throw burpee thing. Yeah. So I was later in the course, I was on the twister and, and I hear the noise of a guy just fly up from behind me. He's going through twister faster than I am. I'm like, I'm like, what? How did he even? How was he behind me? <laughs> he was he was ahead of me, and I couldn't see him. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I, I get it. He must have missed the spear. Um, yeah, because he, he, so he missed stuff, the though. spear. He missed the spear. I made my spear, and I come running out of the spear area, and it wasn't mm-hmm. ten seconds later. He was passing me, telling me I missed my spear, and I'm like, dude, you just did thirty burpees, and you're already passing me, and I'm just now leaving the spear. <laughs> I didn't yeah, see Dustin yeah. again. I followed him into Twister, and like you said, he flew through it. I didn't see him again the rest of the race. <laughs> yeah, he, he got just a tiny bit gassed so that after the Twister, I actually caught him pretty quickly, and, and I and just keep holding a steady tempo, I passed him, but it was like another minute, maybe two. Basically, he just he got his breath back, and then boom, he, he passed me again, and it was just a tempo I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I respect the ability. I, res- I know he's a fighter, um, like a lot of these guys. Nobody's going to give you – nobody's going to give in. You know, you you could have the lead the entire race, um, but they, they got you in their sights approaching the final gauntlet, and oh, yeah. um, and they're going to battle, you know, 100%. Um, so if you're starting to lose your steam, you know, watch out because you're not just going to get an easy win. Yeah, you always um, got to look sure. over your shoulder. It don't matter where you at. <laughs> Um, so, and, and I wasn't a hundred percent clear. Um, I know that something started troubling Dustin. Um, I don't know if it was the terrain overall. Um, once we got up, um, and over the eight foot wall on kind of the last of those, it was like those three, like, or maybe it was four, like big climb, little drop, big climb, little drop, um, that we did to get back up to the top. And then I, I got somewhere and I kind of, I looked back and I'm like, I don't even see him close. Um, and, I, and so at that point, I thought, well, you know what? He could have something like a cramp, but I think he carries nutrition. He's got hydration. Yeah. You know, he could he could sort that out. Um, you know, he's smart. He's well-prepared. And like I said, I know he's a beast competitor. So I'm like, you know, okay, I don't see him right now, but that does not mean he's not going to come after me with a vengeance, you know, at right. any That's other point in this race. course. So just, you know, you, you can't see him. It's like, fine, I'm the hunted, and I don't know where he is. But I just I know he's good, so I'm just gonna whatever hundred percent is in the moment, even if that means you know walking, if that's the best I can muster. But I'm gonna have to to fight every inch, um, or I'm expecting one of these guys to to you know come after me and catch me you know on the tail end. So right. after that, it was just keep grinding, whatever hundred percent happens to be. Yeah, in a race that's that brutal, too, you don't know when, you know, your own legs might fall off, too, and they catch up. So, you know, you got to make as much ground as you can when you can. 
Right. In fact, yeah, speaking of, yeah, not knowing, last year, I mean, not only was I going horrifically slow through the last, you know, many, a bunch of miles on Big Bear last year, but um, I got down to, um, it was near the end, and it was about as far from the finish, the dunk wall, it was about as far from the finish this year as it was last year. So I get to Rolling Mud, I'm, and I've actually, like, I had been neck and neck with John Clark near the end. We did our spirit throw together. He was faster than me on tire flip. We're going through rolling mud, but he's ahead. He tries, he comes out of dunk wall, tries slip wall. It's the short rope. He cramps. He can't get it. I, as soon as I stand up out of dunk wall last year, as soon as I stood up, my, like, my left hamstring, I mean, it just seized up hard. Mm. And so I, I try my leap. I, I can't, I don't have any hope of hanging on to that rope. Um, and so he and I are both standing there, like trying to massage and like shake the cramps out. And Mark Nealon's close behind it, fifth. And so I'm, I'm standing right here at the slip wall with John Clark. Like, if I could just go, I'll be third in podium today. Um, and I just, I just couldn't get my legs function. That that slip wall with the short rope was like this. You have to be going 100 percent, all in. You know, commitment on that jump. Yeah. Um, Last year, you have to worse. get a stride on the wall itself. So John succeeds with that before I do, and then, and then I did make my second, and it was my second attempt. I, I caught that rope one handed. It was like the miracle that it that my hands didn't give up on that. Um, I get up and over, and I see there's John Clark and there's Caesar right there, and I'm like. They're only like a hundred feet away, and my mind says, "Like you should try and sprint and catch <laughs> up to them." But my legs are like, "You ain't got nothing. <laughs> you can, you can, you can walk and go and go watch them finish ahead of you." Um, and that was just all that I physically had. So yeah, I'm big there this year, knowing like, great, we got a dunk wall and we got a extra high slip wall with a short rope at the same spot. And yeah, I'm thinking, you know, I uh, you know, Lord help me, I hope I don't cramp there. Hmm. You know, after all this other twelve and a half miles. Please don't cramp on that. Um, and then the the plate drag, um, it was like no big deal to reel it in. And then Pulling I stood up to drag up it backwards. Awful. And yeah, I'm like, I started to get the, the tightness in the leg. I started to feel these cramp threats. I'm like, oh, geez, you freaking kidding? Like, this is exactly the spot, basically. Just before bucket, before the dunk wall. Um, on bucket, I could, like, they were kind of like twitching like my hamstrings and my calves are twitching a little bit i'm like oh man uh just get me through this dunk wall um but because that the dunk wall didn't zap me and because of the the super tall slip ball because of the downhill run to it it was it felt easy this time i just flew right up two steps on it i mean i grabbed the hope the rope uh you know seemed like a pretty good spot up above the knot um it wasn't even like the desperation grab um and you kind of once I got over there, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm just about home free. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let go, of my, don't let go of multi rig, and, and and I got it. Um, and so it was, um, you know, it was a good competition. It was, uh, you know, didn't know how it'd go, but just um, you know, like each one, you know, can be different, but you just fight for it, give it a hundred percent, and see what you can pull off. Yeah, that's awesome, and it's got to feel good because of the way you placed last year, and then you get that revenge on a, a, a more or less, a, well, probably, it was a good race, but it was, you know, a bad finish for you last year, and it was probably felt good to get revenge on that race this year. 
Right. And and then, uh, you know, yeah, it, it felt good. And not only it felt good to do better in Big Bear than, than how uh, Big Bear basically just served me humble pie uh, <laughs> last year. Um, but the fact that it's the closest comparison course that I'm going to do this year to Tahoe. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, Tahoe last year was 4,500 feet elevation gain, where Big Bear was 5,000. Tahoe was, um, but Tahoe was longer, and um, and I did Tahoe faster. Wow. Every competitor that I know from last year did Tahoe, which was like a, over a full mile longer, and we have the, the horrific swim, and we all did Tahoe a little faster than we did Big Bear. So, yeah, so to knock 15, well, that's pretty interesting. I think right. it was six, uh, 16 minutes off my Big Bear time from last year um, and knowing it's a comparison kind of to tell me, you know, how ready are you for elevation in big climbs? Because um, I do have my sights set on Tahoe. Um, so that was the, this race was a big encouragement. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Well, uh, Ireland, we're getting close on an hour, but I always ask some people a few questions. And uh, mm-hmm. so we'll start off. So, to date, what has been your most favorite race and why? Uh, you take a second to consider because, you know, they're each, you can each have different special things about them. Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes it's victory, sometimes it's lessons learned. Right. Um, but, you know, I would say that. I don't know if I'll change my mind later, but <laughs> right now I want I want to say last year, even though I got injured and even though I had a just like I said probably a last place finish in the beast, going to Sparta was so amazing and awesome, and you just you felt that more so than Tahoe, you felt the world championship vibe. Uh, you we had this big. Um, yeah. Parade of Nations. There's like fifty some flags there. Um, yeah, they made a had, big deal um, out of that last yeah, year. I remember yeah, watching was, some of the videos and everything. It looked it, really cool. It was. You could just you could feel it in the air. Like all the shops, you know, just like almost every shop has a sign like "Racers Welcome." You know, come in here. That's awesome. Um, you know, the people were nice. It seemed like the city itself. I mean, the mayor showed up and spoke on the stage at the ceremonies on the Friday night. Oh, that's cool. And it just felt like. Sparta had embraced and kind of, it seems to my perspective, like they appreciated that Spartan race gives this, um, you know, like, uh, respect and appreciation and sort of pays homage to the, the, the Spartan warrior culture, um, in, in that history. Um, so it was just, the event was just felt so awesome and epic to be a part of it. Um, the terrain that we were in is just, Amazing, it's beautiful. It's November, and it was like seventy-five to eighty. Um, I don't oh, wow. think it got to eighty on the race days, but that weekend, you know, that that whole time frame was. It's in the mid-high seventies. Um, the weather's perfect. We're racing through ancient Greece. You know, there's like there's ruins in temples. We're going through olive groves. Um, we got in this this deep part where you get up to some high ground, and you realize you're you're working your way up all these terraced olive groves. So just the the landscape looks awesome and then you glance back and the city of Sparta is down in the little valley behind you and then up above it these these huge mountains just tower over it casting a shadow um and you're running through olive groves and rivers and it just I I hope I hope uh 
so much to to be able to find a way to get back. I was it was a challenge. In fact, I mean, it wasn't just a challenge. It was a blessing that I got there. I didn't think I was going to get there last year, and um, and actually, I was kind of joking with a friend, like, "Man, I would love to go, but there's no way I'm going to get there unless I like what? Like, I do a GoFundMe and people help me get there." And he's like, "Well, why don't you try that?" And I'm like. Yeah, that's a good point. Why don't I? Um, and so I did. I, I started that up after the event in Utah in July. Um, and people just came out of the woodwork and were generous. And some were like friends and people I go to church with. But then there were strangers or people that like, they just connected with me on Instagram. They're like, yeah, man, I've been following your year. That's awesome. You know, hey, here's some help to get you there. That's um, awesome. And, and I hope I can make it back. But yeah, so that was just. It looks like um, such a cool race, so and, and like you said, being there and racing on the you know the history of Sparta and all that's just got to be one of the best places to do a race at. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I have, and I will continue to tell anybody if you're thinking about it, if you can get yourself there, go. Um, when you when you're there, you'll know you're part of something special. Right. So okay, so now that we've gone over that race. Tell us what has been your worst race or the race that you hated the most and why. I don't usually hate um, hate a race. I did kind of hate my performance this year, April, in Seattle, where I set my record for burpees, <laughs> failing every single wet hanging grip obstacle and got a ninth place finish in a national championship series. Um, so I hated my results, but it taught me a lesson. Um, I don't think that was, race ever was, has good weather. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in April in Seattle, no, not likely. Um, but, so, but I still got something out of it. It taught me there's a difference. I had just been thinking of grip as grip. There's a difference between grip endurance and grip strength. I've developed the grip endurance that I can do a Tahoe beast and then a Tahoe ultra the next day and not fail grip obstacles, but grip strength, like that Kung Fu grip, like I'm going to squeeze this metal bar so hard. I leave <laughs> a dent in it. Yeah. You kind of need some of that when you have no traction from wet obstacles and I can't control the weather. I'm going to get anywhere, including Tahoe. I got no say in the weather. So that taught me a lesson there in Seattle. Um, probably the worst shape I was ever in physically um, during the course of an event was my very first ultra in Tahoe, completely unprepared for weather and for gear and for swims. And I didn't have any preparation for any of it. I didn't take even a second pair of race shoes. Um, They got our feet wet in the first quarter mile and it's going to be like 31. Um, And so I'm rubbing my heels raw. The only shirt I brought was this one light Under Armour shirt. And I thought to myself, because I'd never raced a Spartan with a shirt on. And I thought, well, we start so early. We start at 6.30 in the morning in the dark. I'll just wear this now and I'll take it off, you know, for lap two. Um, We got up onto a peak that's almost 9,000 feet. Um, There was 40 mile an hour wind gusts. The sun never peaked out. (laughs) The temperature got all the way down to freezing on that peak. This guy's like, dude, you are severely underdressed. And I'm like, (laughs) well, you know, more motivation to run fast, right? Um, So we barrel downhill for a few miles and we end up at the swim. And I didn't know Tahoe yet. So I'm like, okay, one more obstacle. Um, You know, hop in, do the swim. Um, And if you've been there now, you know, um, Mm. it hurts every second of the way. 
Mm. And I got out of there, and I'm trying to go uphill, and I and everything's wet, and every muscle in my legs was cramping. All of them. I was actually using my hands to push my legs forward for my my next uphill step. And then we did this eternal barbed wire crawl, which had the dunk wall, and then continued barbed wire crawling. Oh my god! And then an A-frame cargo up there in the wind in the top. <laughs> um, and I ended up I got tried to, I tried tire lane traverse. And I came off of it, my calves seized up when I touched the rope, and I let go, and I'm sitting there in the wind, shivering and shaking, and I'm trying to massage cramps out, and um, and I'm, you know, and, it's, and it hurts, but it's squeezing, like it feels like it's going to tighten up more than it already has. Right. And, and I'm realizing, like, if you get these cramps under control, there's no way you're going to get back on that rope. <laughs> um, and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't, I can't, I can't, and I was like, I'm, I'm on mile 10. I've been talking about this event all year, how I was going to go do this epic crazy thing. And I'm going to go home and tell everybody I quit. Um, and so I'm sitting there shaking and, and I, uh, and I, and I just, I don't like my, some little coach voice went off in my head and said, cause I'm thinking I can't, I can't, I can't. And this voice says, if you can't, what are you doing? Go do your burpees and then, and then go downhill. Um, so I did that got back to festival um then i got to head back out again with a false hope because people said hey hey don't worry when you go for your second lap they give you a choice you can do the swim or you can burpee out of it oh. and i'm like well shoot if i do that swim again it's gonna knock me out like so i'm i'm gonna do those 90 burpees um and That's then i got up burpees. there and i'm approaching the lake and the, the volunteer she's sitting there and she she looks up and she goes are you a leader open and I was like, oh, crap. I'm like, hmm. I kind of want to lie right now. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can get through this swim, but I, I just, I, I said elite. And like, for the first time in all my racing, I'm like, I'm not bragging I'm elite. Like, I'm admitting it and hanging my head. Um, and she's like, you have to get in. Oh, no. Um, and so my heart breaks, and I get on my knees for a bit, and then I finally do it. Um, and um, really, I don't know really how I finished that race. I was so ridiculously underprepared. Mm-hmm. Um, when I crossed the finish line, 11 hours and 45 minutes. Um, and I just about cried from relief. Um, but so that was like the, the worst I had ever put myself into in terms of a physical predicament and the risk of hypothermia. Um, but that was the one that afterwards I felt like, I, I feel like I'm unbreakable. I feel like I can say that now. Yeah, cold races I, I, are not fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that was it. That was it. That was kind of the hardest thing ever. Um, but again, you know, I gained a bunch of things out of it. Right. I learned how much more work I needed to do on forearms because they were destroyed really at the end of lap one. And I had to hold another 15 miles to go. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not putting in anywhere near the volume I need. Hmm. So, even in the hard ones, you know, we'll learn something else to work on. Right. All right. So what is like your race ritual? So it's Friday night. What are you doing? Like, what do you have like a go-to meal? Do you have like a go-to meal at breakfast? Do you take any supplements before you race? And if you're racing on Sunday, what are you doing after the race Saturday to prepare for that next day and recover? All right. Um, I think I could, I think I have some room to grow on dialing in 
some of my prep. Another thing is I have never to this date taken in, taken any food on course except an ultra. Um, and I think that I may Not be even able to jails or my, anything? No, no, nothing. So you didn't, um, you, didn't so have like any, the, you didn't have any nutrition when you did the, the Big Bear Beast? No. That's impressive, bro. So, but I, I think I, there may be something for me to gain. I think that I may be losing some of my steam towards the end of some beast, and I and I and so um, I'm actually I just ordered some some uh, stuff from uh, an outfit I'm going to try out called Hammer Nutrition. Um, yeah, they got good stuff. And, and I'm going to start testing that in, in my big workouts because um, I think I could improve on that. Um, they ha- they but, have good jails. Uh, I like their jails a lot. Yeah, it yeah, I've heard good too. things about them. The reviews were all five star, um, so I'm excited to to be giving that a shot. Um, as far as the the Friday night meal, um, I don't have one specific thing that I go to, and I travel for a lot of races, so I don't have a full kitchen. I don't have right. the prep set up like I might have when I race Seattle one hour from my house. Um, so. Um, I may go for something if I have the opportunity for something like spaghetti. Um, I got teased a little bit here at Big Bear with the people I stayed with because what I found at the grocery store, I'm like, here's a lot of simple carbs, a little bit of meat, a little bit of veggies. I got a big hoagie. Um, and, um, Nothing wrong with that. And I think like I got, I got some like higher protein yogurt. Um, I like, um, I love body armor, you know, and getting the, the hydration and the electrolytes from it. Um, so I got that. Um, I like to get a little bit heavier carb meal on the Friday night. Um, and then pre-race, I'm going to use the, I know I'm going to use the hydration on the, the course, but I want to get a lot of hydration in me before I get started. Um, so usually I like to at least like go through like one whole 28 ounce body armor. Um, right. if I have it available, um, sometimes I'll do like the whole body armor. If it's a beast, you know, like a whole body armor, in one fit aid and get a bunch of that nutrition in me, um, in the hydration before I even go. Of course. And then there's like the, the four stops to the, um, the honey bucket. Cause I don't want to be on a chilly start line, like holding it, feeling like I'm about to burst, yeah. um, before we get going. But I like to get the hydration in me. Um, i and then, and then I'll eat, um, I'll go for things that are really simple carbs on right. the Saturday on the race day morning. Um, just, I want stuff that's easy to digest and, and have that in me. I'm not, you know, I don't want thick and heavy things. I don't want, you know, I don't want a greasy pizza in my stomach, you know, right. trying to you know, burn through it fast at, at, at race tempo. Um, and, um, but, but I don't go, I don't like to go real heavy. I don't want to turn my stomach into a rock either. Um, so simple carbs, um, and I go for like, you know, the things that are, Easy, fast digestion, not a lot of high fiber, even though I really love fruit. And I normally, my routine will be I'll eat a lot of fruit and a lot of vegetables. Um, but I stay away from doing a lot of fruit pre-race because I don't want to have a lot of fiber right. and a lot more, whatever, maybe tendency to, to have um, my body basically want to go number two. Right. Um, <laughs> so avoid, avoiding that. Cool, man. So do you do anything after the race to recover? Like, like if you had like, if you were going to run on Sunday? If I, so if I know I'm going to run on Sunday, of course, after the race, I'm going to want to get nutrition in me. Um, you know, like protein, uh, I love the cliff bars like everybody else. I'm lamenting that they're not there, um, at the courses, but, um, 
Actually, I did a bunch of volunteering through 17 and 18, and I've kind of got a stockpile <laughs> where, like, events ended, and they're like, this is not going to get transported from one city to the next. We just got extra just sitting here, and I've got, like, entire cases that I brought home. Oh, wow. Um, so, um, so I'm still, I'm still, I'm not out of Cliff Bars yet, but I, mm-hmm. so I like something like that. If I, if I don't have it or didn't care with me, I'll, I'll, we'll get that at a grocery store. Um, I'm a big fan of the 20 gram, uh, protein Cliff Bars. Um, you know, more body armor, um, get my electrolytes and nutrition back. Um, and then, you know, and then I, I'll probably eat a little more because of how much fuel I burned through on Saturday. Um, if I know I'm going to race the next day, then I don't want to make Saturday night like cheat meal, pizza, and burgers, um, where I may be happy to indulge in that when my racing for the weekend is over with. Right. Uh, but but I'll try to still go with just something, you know, pretty clean, but try and get some of that those carbs and that uh, that energy back in me for a second-day race. Cool. Well, hey, Ireland, man, I'm, I'm all out of questions, man. Is there anything you want to add to this? Um. Uh, Thanks, thanks for having me on, man. I, I, I appreciate the, the invite and the, the chance to, to be on the I Am A Spartan podcast. Yeah, man. Um, I just, uh, in, man, I, I love Spartan racing. Um, you know, it's, you, whether you put yourself in elite category, age group category, or even if you put yourself in that, I just want to see if I can do it. I just want to cross that finish line and see if I, I can push myself. Um, I think it's a, it's a great outlet that just, even if the yeah. only person you're racing is yourself. It's, a, um, it's to, an awesome feeling going through a Spartan finish line, no matter what. Yes, if, it's your, if you're doing yes, second yeah, lap it for fun, it's it's just as fun crossing the finish line then, too, man. Yeah, and they're, you know, I, I believe they did do a good job nailing down a tagline with you'll know at the finish line. It did, um, yeah. Because that's, that's real. So. You, you come out and you put yourself to the test, and you're going to know something that you're not going to find out from somebody else describing it to you. Um, just that, that feeling of finding out that you can do more than you thought you can do, you know, pushing yourself to your own limit, finding out that, you know, I can, I can be disciplined. I can fight through it when it's not comfortable. Um, and so, you know, it's, I mean, it's good for that. It's good as a competitive sport. It's good to encourage you for fitness. When I put some on the race calendar, um, I'm thinking about goals. I'm not thinking, I don't think about that next workout and go, oh man, I got to go work hard in the gym. I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm not going to hit that goal if I skip this workout. Like I'm trying to shave this amount of seconds off of such and such, or I'm trying to add one more rep, or I'm trying to add five more pounds. I I only have, you know, I only got six more weeks to go. I got to hit this. So it's really motivating to have something on the calendar. Um, And I would encourage anybody, you know, do that. Sign up, you know, if you can't pay for one, um, sign up to volunteer and then also sign up, use your volunteer and get a free race. But you put some on the calendar, that's going to motivate you. Cause people say like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get myself in shape. Then I'll sign up for one. Yeah. Mm, maybe tell, you will, but I, probably not. I tell not. people just you go put do it on one. the calendar. Just go do it. Yeah, and then go on from the calendar, there. Hmm. And, and then you don't need to talk yourself into those workouts. You're like, shoot, man, I want to be ready. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot Ireland. Um, you want to tell people where to find you on social media? they want to follow you um yeah yeah absolutely um so i'm just at spartan ireland on uh on instagram and twitter um you can find me uh i'm just my athlete page is spartan ireland on facebook um and i post um some discussions some race 
you know, recaps, some things about training on the athlete page. I've also got some videos where I demonstrate some different techniques for obstacles. And now um, that you mention that, like I watched Ireland's uh, video on how he does Olympus and I totally changed the way I did it. Like I used to go on the right side of the wall and now I changed uh-huh. to the left side of the wall just by your video because to me, the way you do Olympus is is the best way to do it as far as I'm concerned. Well, I appreciate that <laughs> the, the encouragement and that and that plug. Um, so yes, if uh, if it's helping you and working um, working out well for you, um, other people can go ahead and see that video. Um, so I did recently get um, a YouTube channel started. Oh, cool! Um, so if you get up onto YouTube, if you just you know put that in the search Spartan Ireland. Now there may be something like an actual event that took place in Ireland that'll kind of crop up towards the top of the list too. But right. you can find me on YouTube Spartan Ireland. Um, I've got some some technique videos on there, um, and looking forward to getting to some more open houses where I really get that chance to uh, demonstrate a few you know other ideas. In fact, this year at the open house um, in Montana, I I actually tried new methods for my own self, new methods for a fast way across monkey bars, and a method that I didn't show in the twister video. Um, but that takes the the straightforward version, but but makes it go by quicker. Right. Um, so yeah, as soon as I get the chance, there'll be um, some more you know upcoming content to give some fellow Spartans some ideas of you know how to approach some of these. Cool, man. Well, hey Ireland, I appreciate you taking time to do it, man, and uh, we'll talk to you later, man. All right, awesome. Thanks for having me. I'll see you at the finish line soon. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Ireland again for taking the time to talk to us. I don't have any races coming up. Uh, Palmerton will be my next race, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's like two months away. Fayetteville's this weekend coming up. i uh, got a lot of friends that are going. I wish them all luck and have a good time in that hot, sweaty race. Michael the Bitch Muffin Robertson will be there, so if you see him there, punch him in the arm and make sure he doesn't put his bucket down. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. I'll read it. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll see you at the next race. Peace.